Welcome to episode 324 of Live Happy Now. We all know that health and happiness go hand in hand, but sometimes it's hard to know where to start creating a healthier home. Well, today we're going to tell you. I'm your host, Paula Phelps, and this week I'm joined by Tanya Harris, a board-certified holistic nutritionist and author of The Slightly Greener Method. Tanya's book shows us how little adjustments can have a big impact on your family's health, and she gives us a roadmap to discovering a cleaner, greener, and of course, happier lifestyle. Let's hear what she has to say. Tanya, welcome to Live Happy Now. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, man, we're excited to have you because we're talking about a really important topic because we all know that there's a lot of toxins around us, but I think a lot of people kind of throw up their hands and say, well, there's toxins in everything, so I'm just going to do what I've always done. You know, now, one thing we learned last year was just how important it is to start protecting our bodies from harm. So have you found that people are more open to detoxing their homes or finding greener methods, like in a post-pandemic world? Absolutely. It's a lot of people are searching for those answers and just even taking care of themselves, like you said, because the more we take care of ourselves, the easier we're able to fight anything off, whether we're in COVID or not. And I think people are really starting to appreciate that fact. And it's hard to understand where to start looking for information because even things that say they're green or say that they're natural aren't always green or natural or even healthy for you. So how do they start deciphering the toxins that are out there and and understanding how to like read this label. Right. And it is so confusing because you can put the word natural on a product and that doesn't mean it's any safer. The term natural is not regulated. Sometimes the word organic isn't regulated unless you know what to look for. So it's really about educating ourselves on what to look for on those labels because there is so much deceptive marketing out there. And that's part of the reason that I had written my book too and why I do what I do. Because when I started out Oh, gosh. In 2006, so I guess going on 15, 16 years now, when I first started out, I started buying all these products thinking, oh, it says natural, it says organic, it says this and that. And then I'd get home and keep doing my research. And I was like, there's hidden toxins in here that they don't even have to put on the the products. So I, I wasted hundreds and hundreds of dollars just trying to find products that truly were safer. And it is it's very confusing and it is a little bit hard to navigate. But the good news is that now so many people are voting with their wallets, so to, so to speak. And that means a lot of the companies are also responding. So there are so many more products out there now and consumers that are getting more savvy about what to buy and what ingredients to look for. Yeah. And, you know, and I think I'm pretty good on this playing field, but I'm going through your book going, oh, <laughs> well, I guess we'll be revisiting that. So and I, I want to talk more about your book in a little bit because it does walk you through so many parts of your home and your life where you can can really choose to start making changes. But what I find real interesting is that you discovered this long before COVID. And can you please talk about how your whole journey on this began? Oh, sure. Well, I'm actually, I think I'll, I'll start at 2006 because <laughs> um, that's really what started me was back in my, when my son was in second grade and he's 23 now, <laughs> but I went to the school because a teacher called me in and said they had seen signs of attention issues. And so I, I had seen it before. It wasn't a surprise, but I don't know what was in my head telling me, go research this. Maybe there's something contributing to these issues. 
And I think it's my past as a childhood leukemia survivor that kind of gave me that voice in my head because I had always grown up being told, be careful what you eat, be careful what you do. So I asked for a little extra time just because I wasn't ready. I don't know what, why, just something in my head. (laughs) I went home and I researched, I'm thinking maybe there's something we're giving him, or maybe there's something in our home, but I hadn't studied that connection yet. So I did a lot of research online. I read a lot of books. And what I found was there are a couple common food ingredients that can lead to hyperactivity and behavior issues and just attention period. So what I did was I took out artificial colors and sodium benzoate. Those were the two things I started with and really concentrated on those two things. And then when I went back to the school a few weeks later for the follow-up appointment, they didn't need to test him anymore. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So we were really lucky. I mean, we didn't cure him. And I always say we still see the symptoms of it, (laughs) but um, (laughs) we did it enough. We lessened the symptoms enough to the point where the school didn't need to test him anymore. And he was able to pay attention for longer periods of time. And then I really got hooked. I started researching more and more and I realized, oh, it's not just what we eat. It's what the air we breathe. It's what's in our home. It's our candles. It's our air fresheners. And not only that, it's what we put on our skin and just our everyday personal care products. And the more and more I dug, again, I was buying these products that I thought were safer and natural and they were not. So I just really dug in and I ran the gamut from starting out way too hard with my family and driving them and me crazy. So that didn't work. And then I went the other way, like you had mentioned, I'm like, well, everything's bad. Why should I bother? (laughs) (laughs) Because really you can't avoid everything. So that's really how later I came up with the fact like we can't avoid everything and we shouldn't because that would drive us crazy. So why not just do what I did with my son at the beginning? And I memorized a couple of ingredients rather than a ton of ingredients. And I just started small and then worked my way up from there. Yeah, And it's important to note that you're not just a mom that got on a passionate crusade. You went on to become board certified. You have a master's in holistic nutrition. So you've really, really studied this. And I guess before we go further, can you explain what holistic nutrition even means? Sure. Well, the thing that I really liked about it is it really concentrates on bio bio individuality. I can never say the word. <laughs> Biochemical That's a big one. individuality. That's a <laughs> it really is. Um, because I really wanted to understand the different body systems and how not only nutrition and nutrients, how they work in the body, but also how you can kind of offset some of the toxins that are in the body. So while it doesn't necessarily concentrate so much on the toxic end of it, what I really wanted to know was how these systems work and also how you can put a whole, I guess the way I can describe it is kind of, it fits together as a whole system. That makes perfect (laughs) sense because I think sometimes we do look at components separately. Like Mm -hmm. we don't look at, like, like you said, what we're eating and what we're putting on our skin and what we're breathing in the air. I'm so glad that you brought up like the candles and fragrance because I've had that chat with many people. We think we've, because of marketing, we, we started thinking our homes smell <laughs> and, and now we've got to cover it all up. And that's, you know, can you talk for a minute about that specifically, like how dangerous and harmful those fragrances are for us? Right. The surprising thing is the one term fragrance can be made up of dozens of different chemicals and we don't know what any of those chemicals are. And some of them are linked to being toxic to the brain and nervous system some are allergenic, some can cause cancer. There's endocrine disruptors that can disrupt our hormones. They can cause the hormones to either over or underproduce, or they can block or mimic hormones, which you can see how many health problems can crop up from that. 
But because it's considered to be a trade secret or proprietary, the companies aren't required to list the individual ingredients under that term fragrance. So we really don't know what they're using. And one of the ways we do get exposure to toxins is by inhaling them, which I never really knew because I loved candles in my house. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, but it's really interesting because I did an interview not too long ago and someone asked me, what does a clean house smell like then? And I thought, oh, that's a great question. I'd never thought about that. So I had to really think about it because it's been so long since I've used those candles. <laughs> um, but I was kind of like, I don't think it really smells like anything. But if you really want to have those smells, you can bake something to put like a natural smell in there. You can diffuse essential oils. Just opening windows can get a lot of fresh air in. Another thing I like to do is sprinkle baking powder on my carpets or even on my couch and let that sit for a few hours. And then, you know, just a really thin layer, then vacuum it up. And that gets rid of a lot of scents and musty odors as well. So there's a lot of really simple things you can do. And then also, since my brand is slightly greener, I want to make this a doable lifestyle. If you have candles, save them for a special occasion. Don't burn them often or replace them with a safer brand of candle and just just use those less often as well. So that way you're not... I think the first time you say you can't do this ever again, anybody will rebel against that lifestyle. So Luckily, there are a lot of great products out there now that you can find that good balance. Yeah. And and I think that's one thing your book is really good about. You don't get on a soapbox, unscented or not. Um, you, you, <laughs> you completely say like, you know, take it at your pace, take it at what you're comfortable with. And this is how you can do that. And these are your options. You know, it really is a guidebook to where you can choose where to start and how to make these changes. So I love that gentle approach. What made you decide that that was best for this? Because not everyone does that, as we know. And that's, I think, why it's so off-putting oftentimes when people talk about detoxing, because it sounds like you just have to throw everything out of your house and start over. Right. And that's exactly how I started out my business originally. And and my lifestyle. So again, I was I remember one day my husband came home and saw me on the floor just tossing all our cleaning products into a garbage bag. I mean, there's a good way to dispose of them safely, which I did, but at the same time I was almost in tears on the floor. And that's no way to live. Exactly. And I didn't know what to replace them with. I'm like, I know I need to get rid of all this, but what do I do? So I think it's a combination of realizing what people wanted. I mean, I wanted to get the information out there that these can cause harm. And the reason I say can and may, especially so much in that book, and going back to your question too about holistic nutrition, is not everybody's body is going to react the same to these toxins. Some people have great detoxification systems. Some people might not have as great detoxification pathways. Depends on your nutrient status. It depends on so many different things, your skin permeability, so many different things. So what I wanted to say is I wanted to get this information out to everyone, but I realized people didn't really want that information so much as they wanted the solutions. And I really feel like with the way my lifestyle is, like I... Anybody who knows me knows I cannot cook. (laughs) I'm not super domestic, but I've made this so easy for myself and my family that I wanted to show people that you can do this. You can travel a lot and live like this. You can have kids and, you know, barring a certain medical condition, they can have the occasional cookie because the second you tell your kid no more cookies ever again, we're not doing that. They're going to go to a friend's house and have like a hundred cookies opposed to (laughs) the few they would have at home had it not been outlawed. 
Yeah. And just simple swaps. So my daughter loves hot dogs. I'm not a fan because there's a link between, well, an excessive amount of hot dogs per week and leukemia. So what I did was I just switched to a safer brand and saved those for special occasions. So I think there's just so many ways that you can do this. So I guess the answer to your question is it's a combination of what I did with my own family because I realized I had to make this work. Also kind of what clients wanted and just overall, I wanted to be that safe space. I want to create like this movement of a safe space where we're not judging each other. I mean, especially mom guilt, parent guilt is so huge, especially when you find out what some of these toxins do. Um, Yeah. Talk about that for a minute, because that is natural for parents once they realize like, oh my gosh, I've been putting this child in a in a little onesie that is toxic and feeding them food that has toxins in it because it's got food coloring. Can you talk about that? And you have a really interesting story in your book about your own experience with your child. Oh, yes. With my son in the high chair. Yes. 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 <laughs> yeah. On his first birthday, I put, I have a picture of him with his smash cake, full of artificial <laughs> colors. So I guess that's the other part I should have put in there. <laughs> but More right shame. on the- Yep. <laughs> so yeah, so that should have been the first part. But the, I had him in a high chair that said microban right across the front of it. And microban is an antibacterial that is linked to things like hormone disruption. So that can cause so many different things, especially when their important body systems are developing. So I thought I was doing the best for my son and thinking, oh, no, no more germs for him. This thing's going to be clean, this high chair train. <laughs> And now I'm doing all this research and I remember like crying, like, oh my God, I did this to him. But I was buying baby products that had stuff in them, like formaldehyde releasers, I believe was one of them, not knowing because I figured it was formulated for a baby. So it must be safe. So my number one rule is just no mom guilt, no parent guilt, because we are doing the very best we can. And we're buying products that we believe would have our best interest at heart, especially when it comes to baby and kids products. So when we find this out later, just know like, you know, we've all done it. It is impossible to um, avoid all of them. So we just have to give ourselves that grace as, as parents, especially because it's so easy to drive ourselves and our families crazy and make this not a doable lifestyle. And then it's not enjoyable for anyone. And it is really a journey because it's mm-hmm. one that, that I've been on for a while and, and you live a certain way for a little bit. And then it's like, oh, I'm going to up that because you, you, is like your book points out, you get new information and it's mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm going to take that out. So it's not like this drastic change. You don't have to go live in a hut in the woods or anything to right. get away from it all. It's, and it becomes, when it's really gradual like that, it's, it's very easy actually. And that's why I really like to start with my clients, have them find their why, whether it's a health issue they have or a health concern they have, look for toxins that actually have to do with that particular health issue. And then just avoid those first. So then when you're going to the store, for instance, back when I first started, I avoided artificial colors and benzoate preservatives like sodium benzoate. So I could just pick up a product off the shelf. And if I saw either one of those two ingredients, then I knew, oh, I don't have to buy that product. So that makes it super easy, again, to just look and see a couple different ingredients instead of memorizing so many different ingredient names. You just start small. And then pretty soon as you go through and you add more and more, you'll know what brands to buy, which brands to avoid, which products you can have. And the great news is, again, there's so many amazing ones out there. So it really does become automatic pretty quickly. That is one thing I really appreciate about your book, because you actually give us brands 
and products that are safe because so oftentimes you'll read a book or or a blog post and it's like, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. And then you get to them, they're like, and good luck. And you don't know where to go. It's like, well, you just have eliminated everything from my life and I, I don't know what to do with that. So I really appreciate how you do provide us guidance and lists of like, okay, if this is the change you want to make, here's what would be safe for you. How did you come up with, is that products that you had just researched and were using? How did you come up with such a great comprehensive arsenal of good products? Right. Well, I think that that was something that I had done over years and years. I think I've probably used 95% of those products over the last 15, 16, maybe a little bit more years. And then for the ones I haven't, which were very few and far between, because one of the one of my favorite things to do is just buy a product and see how well it works. But I would say it's just after years and years of research, I have used most of them. And a lot of them are so fun and easy to use, especially when it comes to the cleaning products. Mm-hmm. I don't get a headache. I don't get a sore throat. But yeah, I that was really important to me was to include those because like you said, I was literally taking away so many different things from people like you can't <laughs> use this, you can't use that, or actually shouldn't use this, shouldn't use that. But I wanted to give those solutions just to make it easy because again, like I said, it becomes automatic. Pretty soon you know what to buy. And the good thing is a lot of those are easy to find in stores or online. Yeah, it's become so much easier to find good, healthy products. And so now if people are going, well, how do I know if my home's toxic? <laughs> like, what are some things that people can look for that might indicate they have too many toxins in their home? One of the things is the air quality. So sometimes air quality in the, inside the home can be dozens of times more polluted than outdoor air, believe it or not. So if you feel kind of sick or stuffy or have a lot of headaches and sore throats in your home, but you feel better when you're out of your home, that's one of the biggest signs is maybe there's something that I should really look at because there's so many things. Some of them we can't control, like maybe building materials. You know, we moved into this house just a few years ago, so I had no control over that <laughs> or the carpets or anything. But there's things like cleaning products that can off gas into the air, even when you're not using them. And again, oh, wow. a lot of the, yeah. So that's kind of, again, like the grocery store aisle, you can tell they do because you can smell them when you're in an aisle like that. Cleaning products have a lot of those fumes too that are toxic to the brain and nervous system, are bad for respiratory issues. So that's one of the first places I recommend where you can really control the indoor air quality and what you're exposed to is just getting rid of some of your toxic cleaning products. I think that's a great place to start. And what kind of difference do you see in families when they start living a a cleaner, greener, non-toxic life? Well, that's a great question. I'd say better sleep reduction in allergy symptoms. Sometimes eczema will, sometimes it'll go away. Sometimes it just gets a lot better. And the thing is, I think toxins are the missing piece, but there's so many different pieces of the puzzle you have to put together, including nutrition and, you know, seeing your doctor, that type of thing. But I would say fewer headaches because sometimes those air fresheners and plugins can cause headaches. They've been found to cause depression. Oh, really? I didn't know that depression. Yeah, I think it was I think it was air freshening sprays. I don't have the study right off the top of my head, but I think it was air freshening sprays. There was a 25% more. So that's when I recommend looking at the environmental working groups, Dirty Dozen and Clean 15 lists. The Dirty Dozen is the produce that they've tested that has the highest levels of pesticide residue. So those are the ones you do want to buy organic as often as possible. And then their Clean 15 list is the produce that they've tested that has the lowest levels of pesticide residue. So for those, you can buy organic, meaning, or I mean, yeah, organic or conventionally grown 
And conventionally grown just means you don't have to necessarily look for the organic version of that. Right. A is avoid artificial fragrance, which we mentioned that that term fragrance can be made up of dozens of different chemicals. We don't know what they are necessarily. So I recommend avoiding things with anything that say fragrance or parfum is another ingredient name that they hide under. So if we can get rid of the plug-in air fresheners, candles, air freshening sprays, and again, using things as simple as baking soda, sprinkling a thin layer on whatever we want, like I sprinkle them in the bottom of my garbage cans. And then... Oh, nice. Yeah, it really absorbs the odor. So there's so many good ways. And then I just, you know, replace that about once a month. It just takes a really thin layer or put it on carpet and then vacuum it later, just a really thin layer. So there's so many different ways, diffusing essential oils, opening windows, so many other alternatives to that artificial fragrance. And the last one is to dust, which people don't want to hear about. <laughs> They're like, don't tell me I have to clean all the time. <laughs> so, and I was one of them. <laughs> but household dust actually is one of the biggest exposures to toxins in our homes, surprisingly enough. Really? And yeah. They did a study at George Washington University and they found things like flame retardant chemicals, which are, again, can lead to endocrine and hormone disruption or can be toxic to the brain and nervous system, among among other health effects, lead. So even if we don't have homes with paint before 1978, we can still have lead in our homes because I think one of the things is when we wear shoes into our house, we're bringing in things from the soil and so many different things from outside. So that's one of the big rules too, is don't wear shoes in the house because you never know what you're tracking in. And then they also found found things like phthalates, which are linked to lower IQ in children and, and, and hormone disruption. So what I recommend is instead of going crazy and dusting your whole house every day, just concentrate on the areas where your family spends the most time. Do your regular schedule for the other areas, but like bedrooms, maybe the family room and the kitchen, toddler play areas, because kids are so much more closely tied to their environment because they are actually down in it, put their hands in their mouths and toys. Spend the most time on those areas. If you can do those a couple times a week, that's great. Vacuum and dust in those areas. Always wet mop and wet dust. Don't dry mop or dry dust. That kind of just spreads it around and don't sweep. Okay. And then a vacuum with a HEPA filter. And you have so much that you could teach us. Well, and you do, because that's why you book it. But I, yeah, this is, it is really fascinating to me. And I know every parent wants their family to be healthier and themselves to be healthier. So this is so great. And we all know that good health is is linked to a happy life. And so I appreciate you taking the time to tell us about this and to write this book and, and tell us where to go with it. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This was great. That was Tanya Harris talking to us about how to make small changes to detox our homes and our lives. If you'd like to learn more about Tanya or order her book, The Slightly Greener Method, or follow her on social media, just visit us at livehappynow.com and follow the links. That is all we have time for today. We'll meet you back here again next week for an all-new episode. And until then, this is Paula Phelps reminding you to make every day a happy one. Mm -hmm.